Hi, I'm Rach. And I'm Sue. And this is the Georgia Hair Podcast. And today we'll be talking about The Quiet Gentleman. Hey, Rach, how are you? I'm okay, thanks, Sue. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, I'm off to a comedy festival in Wales this weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yes. Yes, that should be fun. If the weather holds out. It's not. It's definitely not. But never mind, there'll be trained professionals making me laugh, so that'll that'll be good. Wet, but laughing. (laughs) Yeah. What have you been up to? Um... What have I been up to? I'm not sure I've done all that much. We both attended a fun 40th birthday party. We this did. Is a, this is the phase of life we're in now. <laughs> yeah. 40th birthday parties this year, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. But it was a surprise birthday party and I haven't been to many. And it was a genuine surprise. I mean, to the point where she looked horrified that we had both shown up unexpectedly on her doorstep. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately she was... She was... <laughs> She was pleased. She she had, yeah. She put her face on it. It was it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was great fun for, for us. I, I, and I think yeah. I think she enjoyed it too. In the end, anyway. Um. So let's crack on with the quiet gentleman. Shall we start with a summary? Let's do it. Gervais Frant, Earl of Earth, belatedly returns to his ancestral home as Stanion after the death of his father. He's given a kind welcome by his cousin Theo and a cold welcome by his half brother Martin and stepmother. A series of accidents and attempts on his life occur. All fingers point towards Martin, but could a more devious mind be behind the plot? Luckily, the prosaic Drusilla is on hand to rescue him. So yeah, murder is afoot, or attempted murder is afoot in this one. Which adds a bit of excitement, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a mystery one, this type one, this, isn't it? So there's a bit of a mm-hmm. um, a bit of adventure and mystery, and, and it's, it's less heavy on the love story. Yes, although we do have two love stories. Yes, but but neither one are, partic- are particularly central to the story, I don't think. But yes. Shall we start off by looking at uh, Gervais Frant, Earl of Earth, previously known as the Captain Viscount Desborough, a man of many names. Yes. So he's a very likeable hero, isn't he? Yes, he is. Um, and I think underestimated by by many around him. So, and, and I think one of the first things we, we hear about him that is that his father died and it took him a year to show up. Um, not a close family in yeah. many respects, right? So, he, so we get a bit of history, don't we? That his, um, mm. so his mother had um, run off with a rake and his father um, cuckolded, um, mm. is, was obviously very cross about this <laughs> and... And essentially, because poor Gervais looks a bit like her, mm. um, he can't bear to look at him, and so basically doesn't doesn't really take any more notice of him. His aunt sort of takes him under his wing, and and he's just not really part of this family. Remarries mm. um, to the the current um, ladies in Earth, and it's it, it, it I mean, it's quite sad. He must have had a bit of a sad childhood. His father basically rejected him yes and i mean in terms of <laughs> i imagine she was almost a wicked stepmother type figure the the um the second second wife um she calls him a spiritless child and sort of makes a few excuses about why he wasn't really raised much at home but um yeah she clearly does not care for him at all um but people like her underestimate him they th- they think he's quite weak um, and you know, maybe easy to kind of push around, but we hear early on it's not like that. He, yeah. He's quiet, but he's got a tough streak in him. 
And, you know, partly we know that because he's been up in the wars. He's had three horses shot out from under him at Orthez, which is one less than uh, Charles Audley. So, you know, very heroic. <laughs> but yeah, I think maybe one of the first instances where we see his toughness is when he decides that he doesn't want the epinier on the dining table anymore. And he um, he demands it's removed. And Martin's kind of reaction is sort of like, you will not be able to get my mother to move that. You, you are doomed to failure. And kind of Gervais does a bit of a, we shall see. And he does get his own way. With the help of Gisela. He does. And he's quite, um, he's quite ruthless about it, really. Yeah. When he's getting his own way, he, he basically says, my, you know, my servant, my servants will take my orders from me. Yeah. They will remove it. Don't set yourself up against me. But it's done in quite a quiet, nice, just yeah. straightforward way. Yeah, he's not a man to shout. That's not his his style. But he will get things done. He's and definitely got a firmness of character, despite his, um, and and that sort of put it, um, um, put again the fact that he is like. Uh, he, he's a bit of a dandy he's got mm. slight i think there's there's comment about slightly feminine features and yes he's, he's um, quiet pretty. yeah elegant yeah exactly yeah. um but but definitely not um a pushover no and that is necessary it, the situation he's he's come into where nobody wants him in that in that home seemingly um and certainly not in charge of it I, you know i don't think the dowager would be a woman who responded to any kind of subtlety he has to just be tough from the get-go and make it make his presence felt and so, direct yeah. yes and i respect him for that i think he do, he does well and of course he's very charming like you know mary marianne is sort of yeah. you know just enjoys flirting with him i wouldn't say she's smitten in the same way she is with lucius but she likes him i don't think it takes long for drusilla to like him he's he's got away with him hasn't he yeah and, and i think we can tell that as well because um, his servants soon sort of range themselves on his side a little bit. Mm. So they, they they soon become quite loyal to him, even the ones that um, he doesn't know particularly well. And he, he, they they quite soon um, show him some loyalty, I think, as, as as the book goes on. And I think that shows a certain charm of character, doesn't it, when you can sort of win servants over. Yes, that's true. Um, Drusilla, perhaps we can move on to Drusilla. Yeah. Um, she, I think, in a different way, but she is also underestimated. Uh, she's sort of seen as being a bit dull, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, he he basically said says that. I, I I think when we first when we first meet her, I, I get we, we're not um, asked to think much of her, are we? Because she's just no. she's just there. She's just there in the home. She's a guest, but we don't really hear that much about her, and we definitely. I don't think it's until uh, you know, maybe two third to um, more than two thirds into the book where we hear what she's thinking or hear something from her point of view. Yes, and that's unusual for a heroine, but um, we can still get little inklings into her character, and we still warm to her yeah. throughout the book. Yeah, yeah, because I think right at the beginning, actually, we're not even sure what her status is. It, it kind of feels like mm. she might be like a poor dependent, um, and then I think Gervais gives her. a a, a closer look and sort of realizes that what she's wearing perhaps wouldn't fit that category she must be a guest but hold, let's um let's actually look at the the passage 
He does, mm-hmm. by the way, describe her as a little scrub of a female. Which, I know. Um... I've got that bit down. <sighs> it's a bit. It's um. It, it's quite scathing, isn't it? Yeah. As a little scrub of a female myself. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. That's upsetting. Miss Morville dispensed tea and a coffee, a circumstance which made the Earl wonder if she were, after all, one of his stepmother's dependents. At first glance, he had assumed her to be perhaps a poor relation or a hired companion. But since the Dowager treated her, if not with any distinguishing attention, at least with perfect civility, he had come to the conclusion that she must be a guest at Stanion. He was not well versed in the niceties of female costume, but it seemed to him that she was dressed with propriety, and even a certain quiet elegance. Her gown, which was of white sarsnet, with a pink body and long sleeves, buttoned tightly around her wrists, was unadorned by the frills of lace or knots of floss which young ladies of fashion usually embellished their dresses. On the other hand, it was cut low across her plump bosom in a way which would scarcely have been tolerated in a hired companion, and she wore a very pretty ornament suspended on a gold chain round her throat. Nor was there any trace of obsequiousness in her manners. She inaugurated no conversation, but when she was addressed, she answered with composure and readily. A pink riband threaded through them kept her neat curls in place. These were mouse-coloured and very simply arranged. Her countenance was pleasing without being beautiful, her best feature being a pair of dark eyes, well-opening and straight-gazing. Her figure was trim but sadly lacking in height, and she was rather short-necked. She employed no arts to attract. The Earl thought her dull. I mean, he thought her dull, but he did notice her plump bosom. Yeah. And he's even more so slightly later on when he when he's talking to Theo about her, mm. um, he, he's he, he he's even more harsh about her. So yeah. it was only considered the dreadful evening I've spent already. I have not the remotest guess where Martin went to, but I am sure he's not to be blamed for his flight. I wish I had the courage to follow his example. And who prays that little scob of a female? Was she invited for my entertainment? Don't tell me she is an heiress. I could not, no, I really could not be expected to pay my addresses to anyone with so little countenance or conversation. Oh, that's, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? <laughs> she hasn't she yeah. done anything. And you know what? We well, you know what impressed me about her. Very late on in the book, when, um, when Gervais is injured, uh, she wants to wake up in two hours' time to check on him yeah and she just sets herself an internal alarm clock and it works i always admire people who can do that but then you know it it must be something that we're all capable of doing because servants must have been able to do that Mm. because they because else how did they know when to get up in the morning didn't have alarm clocks so they had cockerels would that have helped i don't know (laughs) only only if you live near a cockerel there's not a lot of cockerels in london um but yes and i do quite like how we get um how their relationship progresses yes so we have the first bit where she's trying to um find this place for the epinia and she's trying to uh, help yeah. the servant who has um the butler who hasn't got a clue what to do with it yeah and i do quite like that first exchange yes where um she's trying to find a, a space for and point and and says it might be okay if if the ferocious tiger on this thing isn't pointed isn't he isn't looking directly at it yeah. um and so i think we i think he starts to realize that there's a bit more to her from that point yeah let's, let's actually look at that that little interchange yeah, enjoyable isn't it um so she says to him you see, I desired Abney to have that table from the Crimson Saloon carried into the room, and of course the Epinay to be set upon it. But if you do not like it, it can be moved. 
A dark cupboard, said the Earl obstinately. Recollect that you will be seated with your back turned to it, begged Miss Morville. I should suppose the tiger to be leaping upon me. Oh, no, indeed you could not, for it is facing the window. Unanswerable. Pray, why are you so anxious to preserve the eponym, ma'am? Well, I think Lady St. Earth might be a little mollified if it were still in the room, and it would be quite improper, you know, to consign all your heirlooms, which you do not like, to dark cupboards, said Miss Morville reasonably. I dare say there are several changes you wish to make at Stanion, but it is a favourite saying of my brother Jack's, my military brother, that one should always try to get over heavy ground as light as one can. He smiled. Very true. In what regiment is your military brother? A line regiment. I dare say you would not know, said Miss Morville. You, I collect, were in the 7th Hussars, one of the crack cavalry regiments. The Earl, a little shaken, admitted it. The Lily White 7th, said Miss Morville indulgently, shepherding me out of the room. I know. And the devil of it is, said the Earl, twenty minutes later, to his cousin, that I've let that wretched chit talk me into permitting the continued existence of that abominable epinier in my dining room. So yeah, she got away. Nice strategy deployed yeah, exactly. there. And it's all through gentle persuasion rather than yes. But she can be very direct because at one point early on she just says, oh, "Are you in love with Marianne?" Yeah, just yeah. right out there. Yeah, but I think she is. She's just she's quite direct. She's very mm. practical, mm. and I do quite like the fact that she's in this. She sort of we get we we get a sort of an explanation of of why she's like that because. She's Mm. in a family of academics. So both her father and her mother um, are both academics um, and Republicans. And they, you know, clearly living in a a house full of of completely unpractical people. Mm. And then she, um, so she sort of has to, you know, she she has to keep house. She has to be the practical one. And that's why she's like that. And I, yeah, she's she's a likeable character, isn't she? I think she explains at one point that, that while her mother is um, a, a strong proponent for uh, the education of women, she's so busy advocating for that that she didn't actually have time to educate her own daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I like that bit. Getting back a little bit to their relationship, uh, Gervais and Drusilla, that is. Um, for me, there is a little bit too big of a gap between him really not being impressed with her at all to him being in love with her like it's it's too quick a jump for me i don't well yeah i mean it is i i think we just don't get enough Mm. hints along the way because because from that point he's no longer says that she so from that that point where that first uh, proper conversation that they have Mm. we just don't hear very much about their relationship and then there's this you know the series of mishaps Mm. sort of throw them together a bit Mm. and and through those mishaps and and um attempts on his life and and things that happen um i think he gradually sees her worth but we don't necessarily get that well we don't at all get that spelled out for us do we no no, I think maybe one of the earlier examples of him liking her or appreciating her was they, they danced a waltz together, didn't they? And yeah. uh, he was impressed by her dancing skills. And of course, waltzes are always very romantic. Um, and also they, they play chess with each other. So it, I guess if it was a TV programme, you know, you'd see like a montage of them 
playing chess and exactly know, and they and gradually the the acquaintance growing and then he starts to appreciate her and then yeah. and i think the dance is what well. i i think we're given little hints because that that he is very um happy in her company mm. so, so so when um when really we would expect him to be going after marianne because she's the beauty and yeah. um you know and, and you sort of it's all sort of set up that that's how it might be for a little bit that she, he will go after mm. marianne mm. Uh, but then there's little hints that well actually he's he's very happy just um you know dancing with with um drusilla or riding yeah. with drusilla and, and so i think i think there are little hints but yes it, yeah. it's definitely not spelled out as it is in other books and i think that can make you think well how did we get there then <laughs> <laughs> well i think yeah it's, so for example when uh lucius tells gervais that he's engaged to marianne gervais is nothing but happy for him and that's about halfway through the book and you kind of think yeah okay that's yeah that's yeah. that little romance neatly dis- yeah. disposed of um I, there was a moment, uh, you know, when uh, Gervais falls foul of the um, tripwire, his horse takes a tumble. Yes. Um, and Drusilla is nearby and she comes over and she rips open his coat and um, holds his mm. head in her lap, I think. Oh no, maybe that's when he got shot. But anyway, there's, you know, there's there's quite dramatic, romantic moments together. Um, yeah. And, and there's a nice bit when he, um, so he, it's when he's been shot yes um so it's quite late on in the book and and he i think lucius is saying it is so he's just coming around and there's a a conversation going on with the doctor Mm. and and lucius is doubting um drusilla's ability to nurse him properly or something like that yeah and then gervais says something sweet like um just as he's coming around like no she can she's capable of anything (laughs) or something like that and and that's quite a sweet moment where you sort of give a hint oh actually he really does value her uh, you know what there's another nice bit in that in, in that section where um the reason he was out is that he had to go to the owner of a house that his sister was planning on staying at because he needed to find out if her dog would be allowed to stay there um and how many bedrooms there were or something like that so um so he's he's been shot he is sort of like in and out of consciousness by the sounds of it listening to the people around him talking um, and they're kind of talking over his bed and all of a sudden he blurts out she does not object to pug and they can make up ten beds <laughs> and you're like yeah. you've just been shot mate <laughs> don't worry <laughs> but I do respect that in him um, and then he, and then she just says yes okay thank you back. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine my lord <laughs> So when she's, when they're all around his, coming in and out of the sick room and, and so on, um, there's a nice moment as well where uh, where he moves towards her unconsciously. So he said, uh, so he gives a message. He's basically saying to Miss Morville, could you let the dowager know something? And he says, tell her I beg her pardon, the earl said, smiling and stretching out his right hand in an unconsciously welcoming gesture. She looked at it, but she did not move from where she stood. In her most expressionless voice, she said, "Certainly, my lord." So it's like he's reaching out his hand to her, and she doesn't feel like she can take it. I guess she's a bit like, "Oh, is he just woozy from the from the gunshot?" Mm. Or, um, you, you know, I think she she's kind of trying to protect her heart a little bit there, isn't she? Not knowing if that means anything. Yeah, yeah. 
And after that, we get um, a little insight into Drusilla's thoughts. Mm -hmm. So um, th this is this bit sort of um, happens just after um, Mrs. Um, Mrs. Morville has um, th th her family's come back, and um, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Morville has got a little insight into um, into what Drusilla might be thinking. But um, Mrs. Morville had not been deceived. Drusilla's heart was not untouched impregnable to the advantages of that most promising young politician, Mr. Henry Poundsbridge, it had crumbled under the assault of the Earl's first smile. In fact, Drusilla told her mirrored image severely, you have fallen in love with a beautiful face and you should be ashamed of yourself. She then reflected that she had several times been in the company with Lord Byron without succumbing to the charms of the face generally held to be the most beautiful in England and became more cheerful. However, a candid scrutiny of her own face in the mirror soon lowered her spirits again. She could perceive no merit, either in the freshness of her complexion or of her dark, well-opened eyes, and would willingly have sacrificed the natural curl in her brown hair for tresses of gold or even raven black. As for her future, though some men might admire little plump women, she could not bring herself to suppose that St Earth, himself so slim and graceful could think her anything but a poor little dab of a girl it's like oh bless her <laughs> um but clearly doesn't think much of herself and doesn't see how the earl could um could like it doesn't think much of her chances um i like the fact that at that stage as well she sort of bemoans um her reaction to things as being too pragmatic yes. and the, and then sort of she's yeah she's having this sort of conversation with herself isn't she of um oh i should have i should have swooned i should have um yeah. you know I, I i i should have showed some sensibility yeah um and then and then she's arguing and then sort of drusilla is arguing with Ms. morvan and miss morville saying um but where would the um the l be if i had swooned when you know when he needed me um yeah. Yeah. to nurse him or needed me to help with the uh, when he fell off the the horse with the tripwire so you get this nice little dialogue between the two um, halves of herself um mm. which is you know the sensible sense and sensibility isn't it yes but I'm, I'm glad that the sensible side won out the side that said well if i hadn't been sensible he would have bled to death <laughs> so yeah exactly good to remember that i think there's a there's an uh there's a, a nice hint of um gervais's intentions as well when uh he's trying to spend some time with uh the morville so he can ask for yes. permission to, to to marry her and um because lucius is worried about him lucius won't let him go anywhere alone so he just doesn't manage to uh to, to get that permission it's really subtle though isn't it so even then it's really subtly said it's it's like there was no um he visits the morvilles as a matter of courtesy but there was no time to or mm. there was no opportunity to say yeah. anything else at yeah. that point and it's like oh well okay because you don't know at all what he's thinking at that point so but mm. then you get an insight okay so that 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 is what he's going to do but um but yeah so it, it's interesting that it's so subtle throughout the book i enjoy that though i think this yeah. is, a, is a book of some subtlety um and he calls her a woman in a million at one point as well which i really enjoyed that's a nice compliment yeah. isn't it it's strong yeah so i think that's when he's going off to visit theo yeah um and and she's obviously very worried about this because she sort of guessed the truth about yeah. Theo. It's um, kind of a weird, isn't it? A lot of well, not a lot of people, but she seems to have guessed it. Um, Sir Timothy. Sir Thomas. Oh, is it? Oh, Timothy? Sir Thomas. No, you might be right. Uh, Marianne's Sir dad, Timothy. anyway. Um, he seems to have suspected it. Um, 
but but no one's actually saying it out loud at this point. I guess you know it's it's a man's reputation at stake, and they won't want to get it wrong. But also, it's a bit of a safety issue, isn't it? Yeah. And and so actually, in um, Lord Lucius and Lord Absalom, um, he you he sort of guesses that um, Gervais. Um, likes Drusilla as well yeah. and that might be a match I think there's some indication of that um, yeah. a, a, around that point as well so yeah. um, we know the way it's going um, I think um, Drusilla is the only one that's um, surprised when it actually happens <laughs> yes should we look at that that moment oh and and oh. and and Lady Sinners of course <laughs> oh yeah I mean imagine <laughs> the fact that she was just like oh no no I'm sorry I don't allow that you can't marry her like wow do you have some confidence in your power in this situation like you do not have a say in this um but shall we have a look at the declaration because it's it's very sweet so uh, gervais returns home from his confrontation with leo and is told there's another on the sick list now oh said the earl beginning to mount the steps who miss morville fell downstairs or something sick as a cushion miss morville said gervais quickly is she much hurt broken her arm can't think how she came to do it good god exclaimed Gervais, swiftly mounting the remaining steps. They carried her into the great hall, said Olsden, catching up with him. What's all this, Ger? Come on now. No humdudgeon. What tricks has that brother of yours been playing on you? Out with it. None at all. I'll explain it to you presently, Lucy, but not now. Only don't look daggers at Martin. It wasn't he who tried to murder me. I suppose he told you so. Upon my word, Ger. What about that leak of his? Lucy, how can you be such a greenhorn? demanded Gervais, casting his hat and his gloves onto the settle in the vestibule. Did you never see a Bow Street runner before? He then strode towards the Great Hall, checking for an instant on the threshold, blinking in the unexpected number of persons assembled there, and then perceived Miss Morville lying on one of the sofas, interestingly pale, and with one arm in a sling. She had raised herself from her supporting cushions and was looking towards the doorway, so painful an expression of anxiety on her white face that the Earl forgot his surroundings, and wholly ignoring everyone else in the hall, quickly crossed the floor, exclaiming, My poor dear! Why, what has happened to you, my poor child? He dropped on his knee beside the sofa, taking the hand that was trying to grasp one of the capes of his coat and holding it comfortingly. Miss Morville, equally oblivious of her entourage, gazed worshipfully into the blue eyes so tenderly smiling at her, and said foolishly, You are safe. Nothing dreadful happened to you. Nothing more dreadful than being driven back to standing by Martin, he assured her. But you, how came you to tumble down the stairs as soon as my back was turned? The stupidest thing, said Miss Morville, despising herself. I wanted to stop Martin. I thought it was the one thing that would put you in danger. Only I tripped over my train and fell. I cannot think how I came to do such a thing. The earl slipped his arm behind her and raised the hand he was still holding to his lips. You guessed it all, didn't you? You most wise and most foolish, Miss Morville. Miss Morville, finding his shoulder so invitingly close, was glad to rest her head against it. Oh no, how could you think? How could I think such a terrible thing? Was it true? I would not tell you the thoughts in my head because they were so very dreadful. Besides, she added, it was not my business, and I was so very nearly sure you knew. Her overstrained nerves then found relief in a burst of tears, but as the Earl chose to kiss her at that moment, she was obliged to stop crying, the mere civility compelling her to return his embrace. As soon as she was able to speak, she said, however, in a voice meant only for his ears, Oh no, do not. It was all my folly behaving in this mischievous way. He felt himself obliged to comfort me. I assure you, I don't regard it. She'll never think of it again. My poor dear, you must be very much shaken to say anything so foolish, said the Earl lovingly. Never did I think to hear such nonsense on my sage counsellor's lips. 
He would become disgusted with my odious common sense. Try as I will, I cannot be romantic, said Miss Morville despairingly. His eyes danced. Oh, I forbid you to try. Your practical observations, my absurd Robin, are the delight of my life. Miss Morville looked at him. Then with a deep sigh, she laid her hand in his. But what she said was, he must mean a sparrow. I will not allow you to dictate to me now or ever, Miss Morville. I mean a Robin, said the Earl firmly, lifting her hand to his lips. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww. And this this is all happening in front of her family. A lot of family, people. <laughs> a lot of people. His best friends. It's all a bit awkward, isn't it? But um, anyway, I do I do like the bit as well when um, Lady, when the Dowager is um, is bemoaning that is is saying that this uh, this this can't possibly oh, yeah. happen. This this match. Um, so um, so she says. I cannot think that St. Earth will refuse to be guided by my advice, for although I do not deny he's behaved very selfishly to me upon more than one occasion, I do not consider that his disposition is bad. How can you, how can you, ma'am, say such a thing of him, uttered Miss Morville, moved to sit up, when he has behaved to you with such forbearance, such patience. Hush, my love, this is not like you, expostulated the Earl, startled. Because I have not spoken, do not imagine that I have not felt, said Miss Morville. I had no right to speak, but I have very often burned to do so, she added with resolution. I trust I shall always behave with propriety towards members of St. Earth's family, but I will not allow him to be scolded, slighted and beset, which is something I viewed with the strongest, even when I had no decided partiality for him. Or at any rate, she amended conscientiously, not very much. My dear sir, I wish you would give me leave to address your daughter at once, said the Earl, quite entranced by this sudden and unexpected declaration of war on the part of his chosen bride. <laughs> I really like that bit. It's, yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's so sweet because it's, sort of no one no one expected her to say anything. She's always been she's always been so forbearing when she's been dealing with um, the Dowager, even though she's a complete pain. Um, yeah. And then suddenly she's she rises to his defence fence yeah i enjoy that bit well i think in a few ways she's um she has almost a traditionally masculine role in some of this because it's it's her that does keep coming to the rescue so you know he falls off his horse he gets shot she's the one sort of you know coming to the rescue and protecting him yeah and i I like the bit where she's saying to lucius um i i believe mine is the least is the less squeamish of our sexes although i'm not too sure about her how dismissive she is of um martin yes uh, basically um assaulting marianne twice and, yeah twice and, and she's a bit dismissive of that isn't she let's come on to um marianne and lucius because i suppose they're you know the, the second love story in this book um and marianne there are there are many her female characters in Hayes' books who are breathtakingly beautiful um, but are absolutely vacant or, you know, unpleasant and shallow. Uh, but Marianne is just genuinely a, a very nice young young girl. She is. And she's not... Yeah, she, she, she she's fine. She, I mean, there's not, there's not all that much much to it she's not a, no. a very well-rounded character is she mm. but um but yes not um yeah not not very not particularly silly not um 
No, she she flirts a little, but in a perfectly natural, yeah. normal way. And and I think um, as well, that's how she, she's very. So there's a comment made, uh, or or when she's being described, it's that um, basically females like her just as well yeah. as males do, which I think is very telling of, um, yeah, of, of how of how she she is, and she she will always make make time for her female friends. Um, she says, doesn't she, that um, you know, if a gentleman's called around, but she already had plans with a with a female friend, she would she would always stick yeah. to her original plans. Yeah, but I have to say, I do find her relationship and her and Alveston's relationship a, a bit boring compared to. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. 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 There's um, there's a bit that that makes me makes me feel really sad. So after um, Martin has tried it on once again, um, well, actually for the first time, uh, it says. The anxious care of her parents had wrapped her about, and although her disposition led her to flirt with her many admirers, it had never occurred to her innocent mind that these tactics might lead them, on the first occasion when they found her unprotected, to take shocking advantage of her levity. Her spirits were quite borne down by the discovery, and she was much inclined to think herself a fast girl, with whom gentlemen thought it proper to take liberties. I really feel for her on that, that she's blaming herself, and it is absolutely... She, yeah. she could not have been more clear to Martin. She was not interested. And, and yeah, that... that that sense that these people that she thought were were friends and that would look after her actually you know that sense almost that that, that it was just that there wasn't an opportunity for them to to try on yeah i mean i guess but i mean she's not just blaming herself i mean her mother blames her a little bit for it oh yeah everyone um, does. drusilla yeah. meant to, I don't, you know drusilla says, if only you were if only you weren't so pretty it's like well <laughs> <laughs> it's not really the point is it um but you know yeah we are we are looking at it with today's values aren't we so it's a bit difficult but um but she has a lovely partner i think in in lucy or lucius hostel um yeah he's he's a very nice guy isn't he just full of charm and he, he's always there at exactly the right moment to kind of almost do a, a, a freddie standard where it's it sort of it's less about you know big physical feats of heroism and more about just soothing her nerves and you know yeah making her calm when she's just gone through something difficult and i like that there's a weird bit in this actually where i feel like Heyer tries to temporarily throw a little bit of suspicion on lucius is it the bit where he's where gervais is saying you can't but i i never suspected lucius or something like that yeah yeah and it's it's yeah. it's the placement of it i think because it's at the end of a chapter so so he says that is no help at all i never suspected lucy of wishing to put a period to my life he said smiling end of chapter you're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> what it, it feels like it's a cliffhanger I, I don't think i think it's just not i think it's just no. a throwaway end comment <laughs> but yeah i know what you mean i i, I thought that was, i thought the same thing i don't know i wouldn't put it past hey to be adding just an extra name into the into the pot just to keep it interesting but theo and martin are very mm. um they are very much set up against each other from the beginning aren't they yes yes you're right let's get into martin and let's theo So Martin, perhaps to begin with. So Gervais's half brother. Um, yeah, very Im- impetuous, isn't he, and spoiled. Yeah, he's been much cosseted. He's impetuous. He's yeah, a little bit wild. Um, yeah, and that's and I I do quite like how hey always, um, almost always, if somebody is like that, then they're they're ca- a little bit careless of their dress, and there's mm-hmm. um, something a slightly what's the word dishevelled about their appearance yeah 
um, expressive eyes. It, you, it completely wears his heart on his sleeve. You can you can mm. see everything he's thinking through his eyes, mm. um, and that is then put at um, in contrast, very much in contrast to Theo, who has um, who's quiet and reserved. Um, it, it describes having inexpressive eyes. Mm. Um, you 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 don't um, you you can't see what he's thinking just by looking at him. Um, and yeah, he, he's reserved. He's, he is a quiet gentleman, similarly to Gervais. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, I did think the quiet gentleman was named after Gervais, but I suppose it's also a little bit Theo, yeah. Mm. Um, with Martin, uh, very early on, it just makes himself the worst kind of murder suspect. He does all the work for Theo, yeah. doesn't he? He's just wishing Gervais dead left, right and centre. Then there's the incident where they're, they're fencing and the button falls off his sword and he doesn't stop fighting um and and theo plays it really well because i think he he kind of switches between just poking gervais enough to make him think yeah. oh is something going on and then defending martin and saying no 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 it's just youthful spirits or or whatever he really stirs it doesn't he Mm-mm. but subtly he does it subtly he does but i think there are moments with martin where you can see the relationship he could have with gervais like um, like when the, when Martin's sister is come to, comes to visit with the children and the children are demanding a horseback ride because Martin gave them one previously and Martin's saying, I don't want to do it, you should do it, Gervais. And Gervais saying, I'm not doing it, you do it. And then Martin kind of does a, we could get Theo to do it. And it's, it's nice seeing him kind of gang up on, on Theo. It feels yeah. like a very brotherly thing to do. Yeah, but then every time they get, you, you can see that every time Gervais and Martin are getting a bit closer and getting on better terms, yeah, Theo will do something or say something, something seem um, seemingly unconscious of it that will mm-hmm. put a spanner in the works or or push them apart again. And, yeah. and and you know most of the way through the book, you might think, oh well, it you know it's it's just it just happens to be that way. But then obviously, in hindsight all of those little things that he did was um calcul- was calculated yeah yeah I, th- I, mean, I think one instance perhaps where theo may wasn't to blame for it was um just lucius and marianne getting engaged and he he blames gervais for having brought lucius into the household so he says if it had not been for you that fellow would never have come here oh i know but if she'd returned your affection martin his coming would not have injured you the elsa gently Martin seemed to brush aside these words. All was right until you came here. You put the wish to become a countess into Marianne's head, trifling with her, flattering her with your balls and your distinguishing attentions, to cast my pretensions into the shade. Then you brought in Olverston, encouraged him to remain here. You set everyone against me, Marianne, Theo, Louisa, even my mother. Yes, even my mother, bemoaning the fact that you are going away to London. She will miss you amazingly. Aye, that is what she says. There is one person you haven't cousined with your soft words. One person who will not miss you. I hate you, Saint Earth. From the bottom of my heart, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a a angry young man, isn't he? Um, But then he, He you know, he's in a rage. He was in love. He thought he was in love and it's been taken, you know. Yeah. um, He's a bit silly, isn't he? I do feel bad for him that his, his mother just allowed him to think that he would inherit like i get that you oh, know yeah. gervais was and, abroad. and his father yeah 
yeah and his father so he, that's how he was yeah he, he yeah he, he he was brought up to think that he was going to have all this and and you know he's gonna have to leave his his house his his family home that he mm. he had considered his and mm. and was sort of encouraged to think that he might get it because Gervais wouldn't get through the war yeah um, and I appreciate that being a soldier is a risky profession but it's not it's not a certainty that he was going to die which they seem to have no, acted like it was no and yeah and so yeah you can't I mean you have to feel a bit yeah definitely have to feel sorry for him because he's absolutely a product of his upbringing mm. um and, and has been allowed to get away with it yeah both his both his parents sound horrible yeah and then hasn't really had to, hasn't really had anybody else in his life to and, and you know the, they weren't brought up together really were they I, no. I think the the indication is um Gervais was um went to you know in in the school holidays went to stay with his aunt so mm. you know since since he'd been Gervais had been up at Eton and then Oxford or whatever he he um he hasn't really known him as a no. brother so there's there's no affection natural affection there mm, mm. um and then he's expected to sort of give way to him and it you know with that upbringing you can't really be surprised at his reaction yeah i mean yeah some of his behavior is atrocious so there's the the insulting marianne and then also the um the duel that he forces on on lucius which is also very funny just because lucius is like who who are gonna be my seconds your 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 stepbrother and cousin like how's that gonna work and then he offers with mr warboys <laughs> yeah. who is not happy about being some bloke he doesn't know second yeah no that is awkward <laughs> um but then martin has these moments that give you hope for his future character i think because there are a couple of times where he he does apologize to gervais and he you know it's obviously mm. painful it's horrible having to to apologize in that sort of situation but he does it and he's he's frank with it i think i think that's that's very promising he's very boyish isn't he he gets yeah. into these rages and then he regrets them afterwards um mm. and then apologizes he, he he's just hasn't got control over his emotions yes um, but he regrets it afterwards which i think i think you're right it does sort of show um promise for the future and also it there's quite a nice bit when they're driving back together mm. after uh, with the um the confrontation with theo mm. um and gervais says will you be my it's agent sort of at um, um at stanion mm. um and that's quite a nice touch yeah. as well and, and actually you know realize that martin would be would be pretty good at that um yeah yeah because he knows it and you know um, just giving him something to do yeah exactly bit of occupation you know these young men without any occupation it's not good for them is it no very true um mind you theo had plenty to occupy him very much a bad one yeah i mean he um, had a bad childhood as well didn't he yeah his father basically ran into lots of debt didn't he, he was a gambler yeah um well, Gervais's father, I think, found him yeah. as a child running gin up to a woman yeah. of loose morals, shall we say, who was with his father at the time and, and decided... And took him away, sort of gave him a home. Mm. Um, he, you know, became 
the, uh, the agent of the estate, but then didn't didn't give him very much in the will. I, th- I think that was no. But Gervais offers him easily. Yeah, but at that point his plan is in motion, isn't it? Yeah. And what he wants is the estate not to be broken up anymore, thinking that he will eventually have everything. So Evesley doesn't seem very promising up against all of that, does it? But Because he wants, he does want the rank as well, doesn't he? Because that's what he thinks will get him Marianne. Yeah. Um, He's very bitter. He sounds like an incel at some points. Yeah. Yes, he he, he is. And I I just, he's incredibly calculating. Mm. It's difficult because he doesn't have any... um, doesn't appear to have any resentfulness against Gervais because Gervais hasn't done anything wrong it's difficult Mm. to know where that resentment is aimed at the only thing I saw and it wasn't it obviously wasn't the reason for his plot because it came later on but um but when they're talking about Lucius and uh, Marianne getting engaged uh Theo says I'm sorry for Martin. He has not had time to grow accustomed to the knowledge that he is not of sufficient consequence to aspire to the hand of an heiress. Really, Theo, I think you wrong Miss Boldwood. Never. This is her parents' doing. I always knew they had set their ambition high. Oh, don't think I blame them. It was inevitable. He forced a smile. I fancy you raised their expectations, trifler that you are. Nonsense. My dear Gervais, you cannot be such an innocent as to suppose that Sir Thomas would not have jumped at the chance of seeing his daughter, Countess of St. Earth. And there's that, that bit where he goes, um, I fancy you raise expectations. And it's yeah. and it's like, you're obviously saying it in a jokey way, but actually you believe that. Yeah. I think because he doesn't really talk about it. So, so he, throughout the conversation where Gervais is at Martin there and they're confronting him about it, yeah, he doesn't really offer any us any insights into into how he feels does he he's not he doesn't rage he's never shown any remorse no he doesn't show any remorse but um i I, and i thought you know it's laid out to us isn't it you know he's 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 resentful he's um i guess he's ambitious yeah i'm I'm just not sure it's fully explained Mm. why he does what he does yeah yeah he does say at one point um I never wanted anything either he or you would have given me. So presumably Gervais and his father there. Um, mm. So that there is anger there. I think there, there is anger. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah, I know. I, I think you're right. It's, it's just, it's never, it just doesn't feel like enough, does it? To, no. To, he, he tries to kill somebody. Yeah, because again, he <laughs> um, never had an expectation of, he shouldn't have ever had an expectation of more than he had. It's not that kind of hot anger, is it? It's just mm. really cold mm. and calculated well, well, anger. Yeah. The way that he sets about these plots, you know, tripping him on a wire and then presumably bashing his brains out. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, shooting him. Yeah. And I know um, at one point, Drusilla mentions that, you know, the kitchen staff have taken precaution against poisoning. Everyone's like, yeah. this, this is, whoever is doing this is a very dangerous, cold-blooded yeah. person. And it's interesting in there's a set of incidents, aren't there? There's these, these these things which which are clearly Martin's doing, which are um, which are just because of his thoughtlessness or his um, mm. his hot headedness, and then there's these other incidents which don't really fit that pattern, which are really cold and calculated yeah. and thought through, um, and I guess that's what 
indicates in the end to device actually that you know th- these are two different things going on and that mm. and, and the, the actual attempts on my life rather than the silly you know attempts to hurt me a little bit or yeah. to make me look stupid they're two different things and um someone even that's cold and calculating is doing that rather than someone that's hot-headed and yeah. um, thoughtless yeah you know there is a mo- there's one little moment and i might be being far too generous towards theo here but it made me think oh did did theo have a bit of a feeling at this point so just before gervais is shot and obviously theo knows that this is the last time he will ever speak to gervais before he you know shoots him in a, in a short amount of time so gervais says uh, i'll bid you farewell do not allow my tenants to impose upon me theo took his hand and gripped it and held it for a minute i won't gervais well theo released him nothing take care of yourself while i'm gone and it just makes me think that pause it's was he tempted to say something you know like really something nice mm. to him like almost as a farewell yeah yeah I, I don't know i don't know yeah it doesn't there isn't a lot of other instances of any no. showing of remorse though is there <laughs> no no and he doesn't exactly get much of a comeuppance does he? he gets sent off to jamaica where he will run a plantation and be a slave owner so mm. that's problematic yeah indeed yeah it is a bit Odd. I mean, I guess what what are you going to do? Because actually, going to have a, a huge scandal about his um, about all of this, or you just ship him off um, and, yeah. and get get rid of him. But it doesn't seem to be the um, the safest plan for Gervais. But I guess I guess now it's all come out, and it it's um, it would be harder for Theo to do anything. But it's um, it's a bit of an odd ending, isn't it, for him? Yeah. Oh God, that would be good. We need a sequel where he comes back. <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to get that. <laughs> um, maybe some, maybe some fan fiction. Yeah, he's an in- he's an interesting man, and I like how subtly Haya presents him as as the killer. That because yes. I think when you obviously you know we've read this before, we know it's him, but when you're rereading it and you can you can pick out the little hints, that it's yeah. still not overwhelming, is it? It's no, and, and, and I don't think you necessarily would would pick, would pick it up the first. I mean, I can't remember why I thought the first time mm. it's been so long ago since I read the book the first time. But um, you wouldn't necessarily pick up all those hints we're reading it the first time. You definitely don't immediately think that he is behind it, except no. that you sort of know it's not Martin because that's just too yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he and he's the only person left, sort of thing. But, yeah, but I um, think. But definitely, yeah. The way she describes Theo, he's in other books, he's a he's a heroic secondary character, you know, yeah. he's kind of dependable, and he's got a sense of humour, and you know, he doesn't seem to be. He's not like one of those figures who comes in and he's all foppish, and everyone knows he might be a bit of a villain. He just seems like yeah. a nice, normal guy who's looking out for yeah. his cousin, who we like. Yeah, indeed, I like it. If we finish tearing apart the character of Theo, God, can we move on to some light relief? Mr. and Mrs. Morville? Oh, I like them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. They're they're they're, they're enjoyable um characters, aren't they? So yeah. You have the bit about um you get insights about them from Drusilla, mm. um in terms of being impractical and um 
I do quite like um, the reference in quite early on when she's describing them about this um, sort of not commune, but this thing they were setting up where they um, oh yeah, you know, so it's, where there's no sort of hierarchy. Everyone does two hours of housework a day. <laughs> yeah, except they realise that the men would never do that because yeah. <laughs> they'd end up just talking about um, philosophy for mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for most of the day. <laughs> there's a bit as well where she, um, before she meets Gervais, and she realises that Drusilla has, has feelings for him. And then she meets him and realises how attractive he is. And her reaction is kind of like, oh, I wish he wasn't um, so good looking. Because Drusilla isn't <laughs> probably up to yeah. his level. <laughs> yeah. And I do quite like, um, she says later on, besides, men never do trifle with Drusilla, added Mrs. Morville, in the voice not wholly free from regret. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. And then she... um. She indulged in several delightful daydreams, not one of which could have been said to be worthy of a lady of her intellectual distinction. She knew it, laughed at herself, and even had the grace to be ashamed of the most attractive of these dreams, in which she had the felicity of breaking the news of Drusilla's triumph to her sister-in-law, not one of whose three pretty daughters was as yet engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that, that kind of... Um, no, having the grace to be ashamed of, of these sort of daydreams. Because I think as readers for Georgia Hayer, we know that this is a, a crazy romantic world that's, you know, places an mm. insane emphasis on romantic liaisons and Im- impossibly heroic male figures. But, yeah, you know, I mean, we love it. I think we understand that, that kind of hypocrisy. But, you know, yeah, are basically unashamed of it and enjoy it. Um, could we also just, just have a moment for Mr. Warboys? Martin's very patient because Martin is a tough guy to be best friends with. Like I think on multiple yeah. occasions, Mr. Warboys has to say, "Stop trying to pick a fight with me. I'm not going to fight with you. <laughs> Just yeah. back off." But then Martin has proposed a second who is deaf, I think. So Mr. Warboys is is tasked with this job of um trying to uh come to some sort of agreement where they where uh. Lucius and Martin don't have to have a duel but fitting it all into a little slate so that the guy could read it and he, he spends <laughs> ages working on this and then luckily Gervais intervenes and, and manages to uh, to call off the duel but um, he's he's a sweetheart Mr. Mr. Warboys. Yes and also I can you know uh, um, aspires to Marianne's hand um, but, but, but manages not to you know, just sort of wish her happy and, and yeah. not um, not throw a tantrum about it, which uh, shows him as a better man, I think. Yeah, I almost feel like he's sort of after Marianne and just the, this is what we this is what we do, isn't it, in this area? We all just yeah. run around after yeah. this girl, there's not much else to do. Yeah. Although he does make the point that Martin only really was interested in Marianne since everybody else was, so I'm not yeah. sure how yeah. much Martin, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh... Um, and then... Just one of my favourite bits in in the book um, is it is towards the end, and the dowager is um, ripping apart the character of Lady Penistone. No, Penistone, Peniston, not Penistone. God, Lady Peniston. Um, and she says, uh, "I dare say it is the influence of Lady Peniston." But on that head, I shall maintain silence. For although I never liked her, and indeed consider her a fast, frivolous woman, I do not forget that she is your grandmother. 
And if I'm persuaded that her third son was fathered by Roxby, as no one could doubt who had ever clapped eyes on him, I'm determined that nothing shall prevail upon me to say so. She then startled Miss Morville as much as the Earl by bursting into tears, and Gervais, who had stiffened at this all-too-probable answer to the problem of his Uncle Maurice's curious likeness <laughs> to my Lord Roxby, relaxed again, and only said in a coaxing tone, It's very bad, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I love, I, I love picturing um, Gervais's expression, where he suddenly goes, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, exactly. that's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I always love it when it someone is. says, I wouldn't possibly say this thing that I am the, saying like, to now. <laughs> just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it, it's a very amus- amusing book, isn't it? There's some real little hayer gems. Okay. Well, I think we've, we've covered The Quiet Gentleman there, haven't we? I think so. And what are we going to read next? Um, Powder and Patch. Oh, which is tiny. Okay. We're going to read that in about thirty minutes. Yeah. So, th- so this is this is a Georgian one again, isn't it? Mm. I have not read this in forever, so it's all going to be very fresh for me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I can't quite remember the story anyway, so that, uh, either. So that's um, that's good. Um, should be fun. So yes, do join us. Um, get in touch on social media as usual. We really love that. And do please rate and review us if you get a chance. We really do appreciate that. Um, so take care. You're all amazing. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.